0: You're listening to The Pei Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, or maybe you're a little surprised to hear my voice, uh, I was hosting a show Sunday nights, but this is my new home now, Saturday at 3 p.m. with you live every Saturday from 3 to 4. So please feel free to interact. You can always text in at 71010. Uh, I do enjoy hearing your, or reading your feedback, I guess, when you send in a text. Uh, so please continue to do so. You can always engage with my guests as well. Um, and uh, so thanks to those of you who actually tuned into my first Saturday show last week on uh, Halloween. So since the last show. Now we've had, uh, you've had your trick-or-treaters. You've had your chocolate and candy and chips, presumably, either the leftovers or you've stolen them from your children. Um, I spoke to my mom the other day. She, my parents are in Halifax, which is where I grew up. I grew up in Nova Scotia and they're still there. And they, since, They've become empty nesters. My brother and I moved out. They moved back into Halifax, so into like a total um, subdivision kind of neighborhood in a little cul de sac. And um, so my mom said she'd gone to Costco and she picked up a ton of bags, like chips and chocolates and everything for Halloween. And they didn't get one kid, not one and then she said i had to ask your dad to make sure that the light bulb hadn't burned out and they thought we weren't home and she said they had not one kid because i think everyone in their neighborhood they are maybe a bit younger than my parents but their kids aren't little kids anymore like they're they're older they moved out of the house so anyway I'm a little sad I'm not in Halifax. Um, coming up in the second half of the show, just want to tease forward and let you know uh, why you should keep tuning in. Uh, food writer and uh, author Corey Mintz will be talking about a story he wrote recently for the Globe and Mail that got a lot of feedback and it it angered some people and, I mean, it made some really happy that he wrote about it. But he uncovers some shocking surprises about the places you eat. So you'll definitely want to tune in for that. And if you are someone... Uh, you know, works in the food and hospitality industry, they won't be totally shocked by uh, what he wrote about and what he sort of exposed. So you might want to weigh in as well and uh, keep listening for that. But my first guest in studio with me is a frequent guest, registered nutritionist Leanne
2: Phillipson-Webb. How was Halloween for you? You've got two girls. I do have two girls, yes. They had a blast. What did they dress up as? Uh, Logan was a shining star.
1: Oh, shooting star, a, okay. not shining
2: star. So she had a, yeah, there was many versions of this. So she had a, a, a massive balloon, on, star balloon on her front, and then she drew a gun on on the on it. So she was a shooting oh, star. Oh, I was like, a gun? I know, oh, now I know, I, get, okay. I know it was a bit of a so, funny one. I thought it was really um, sweet for a second. <laughs> and then Hadley, oh gosh, this is, like, it feels like it was an eternity ago last week. She, oh God, I can't even remember what she was. Oh it was, really? It that's, was the, that, it was that well. memorable. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> But it was a good costume. She was she was a bat. <laughs> oh, was a bat. <laughs> see? Not that memorable. There you go. <laughs> but it was good. They got lots of treats. They're happy? They You know what? It's it, I still find it fascinating because over the years, you know, Halloween is a tricky one for me. I'm a nu- yeah. nutritionist. Um, oh,
1: that's right. I I yeah. didn't even. I mean, I, I know you're a nutritionist, yes. obviously, but I didn't make the the correlation between having a mother who is a nutritionist right. and going out and asking for free I, candy and. I chocolate. have to say, I
2: regularly <laughs> apologize to them that their mom's a nutritionist and and know that it sucks to have a mom as a nutritionist, especially something like this. But we have some boundaries around colors, so food coloring. If there's Skittles and all those kind of things, they go. Oh, really? Yeah. So the candies that are colored, you don't yep. allow. We, we okay. don't do those. I'm mm-hmm. all about keeping those out of their lives. And then they get to choose a certain amount. This year was like, oh, I don't even remember what they did. They they keep some of their chips. They keep a little bit of their chocolate. And then they trade it up. What do you mean? So they don't end up with all of their loot. They don't keep everything. So okay. we used to call it like the Halloween fairy or pumpkin fairy or something yes. like that. So they would trade it up. Um, so that it just is not hanging around for the next, you know, however many weeks. Do you exchange it for like money or something or no? So now that they're a bit older. Yeah. Now (laughs) they're smarter. They know. (laughs) Logan was like 50 bucks a piece, mom. You've raised a good negotiator. (laughs) I have raised a she's killer. Anyway, they got a movie voucher, um, and then, um, a chapter's gift card.
1: Oh, hey, that's I've, I think that's a good deal. So I'd like be about, happy to trade kind of my about candy. Twenty twenty
2: 20 bucks or so each. Yeah. And I think that's well worth it because they do – they get a little bit of their candy. And it's, it's fascinating to see that after a day or two, they're actually not that interested. Mm-hmm. You know, they could – they'll still go for it if it's there. But if it's not there, they forget about it.
1: I think the joy when you're a kid is that you got something just – they, by asking for it, yeah. like you didn't have to yeah. really work for it, yeah. you didn't have to buy it. No. So it's the novelty of yeah. I got free candy, which is weird because you get free candy from strangers, which every other day of the year you tell your
2: children not to accept. It's a bizarre but the one concept of isn't the it? year, and everyone's out in the neighborhood. And it, I mean, it it is lovely. And now because they're older than um, Logan, who's twelve, she'll go out with her friends, and you know they've got their cell phones with them. So right. off they go, a few of them in a group without a parent. Right, just just around the hood. So it's you know it's different as 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 they get older.
1: What do you give out as a nutritionist? What would you give so out?
2: So over the years, I've done things like um, stickers. Uh, Where I'm not actually home, so yeah. we just put the bowl out front.
1: Okay. Um, so I've system. done stickers.
2: I've done um, pencils. I've done raisins. Never went Ugh. down very well. I yeah. Know. Okay. I will that tell you a, right that now. That was a long time ago. Let me don't just, let me ever just say, do that again. I know. <laughs> Um, and then also from my lo- local um, natural food market, they've had like uh, gum, yep. like little gum packages. And one year we did lollipops that don't have any colors in them and things mm-hmm. like that. So I'd always try and find better ones. Yeah. This year, I don't know what was going on. So it was chips, plain, oh. plain chips. So they went out there. And, and because we weren't there, I just, okay, I'll, I'll just put those out, you know, yeah. put those out on the porch and kids can take it. I probably had five it's gone. That's it. That's it. It's very strange. They
1: they really wanted that that natural gum. Well, <laughs> maybe they like, did. Maybe no, they you did know just... what I think.
2: What happened was they learned to skip your house. <laughs> I don't know. The pumpkin was out there and everything, but they're just on my stretch. There's a lot of much younger kids, so yeah. it's challenging to get them out and and that kind of thing. So anyway, well,
1: it was good. Oh, I I, it's good. I we like all survived. What other people give out when they they feel like you know their day job sort of. um Affects their decision in you know, some way. You know, it is a,
2: it is a tricky one. It is because I want to. I, I do walk my talk.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you do.
2: So you know, it's it's an important it's an important one. But I just I couldn't find the stuff this year. <laughs> I, I, I Someone hid some. it from you. Yeah.
1: So you're uh, you're here today because we're going to talk a bit more. Also, after the break, we're going to get into um, some like real nitty gritty uh, information that I think is actually actually going to help people save money because I read some of the notes that you sent me yeah. and I will, if I'm feeling like a little sickness is coming on or yes. a little tickle in the throat, yes. I'll run out, whether it's the drugstore or there's a health food store near me, um, I'll run out and I'll start buying things. I start buying those packets of vitamin C. I Good. start buying these things that say immunity booster. That's right. Um, it, it can really add up. So you're yes. actually going to tell us how uh, we can avoid sort of this... that or that germ-sicky yeah. season that's coming up now, like cold and flu season. You know, yep. everyone's, you know, being told to like, we're always being told to wash your hands or I get know. the flu shot. There's all these, that's like right about now. So you're going to uh, give us some, I guess, healthy options.
2: Yes. And a little bit of myth busting because there are a lot of misconceptions out there about what actually really works yeah. and what doesn't. So we'll just narrow it down. So, you know, what can you get from food? What do you need buy for, to buy from a supplement? Um, and, you know, and those kind of things. So really just get it clear for you. And yeah. then you can have a, your little arsenal of what do you need for you and the kids for uh, for immune boosting.
1: Because I, so I just moved a week ago. I'm exhausted. My place is a disaster. So stressful. Moving. And I opened, so I was unpacking like the, the kitchen and the bathroom stuff. And I have very few um, cupboards. I don't have a lot of shelf space. Okay. And then one shelf right now is full of just bottles. Right. Bottles of this vitamin, this yeah. this extract, um, this sort of oil. So, and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, I've paid so much money for all I this. Know. And uh, trust me, I don't take them all. Yeah. that Some of them are probably expired. But when I feel like, oh, no, I'm getting sick or I don't want to get sick, you then I start, them. you know, but I, I feel like I don't need all of them. Okay. I, I can't possibly need all of the bottles that right. are sitting on my shelf right now there must be a way i can weed some of them out or I'm in sure my mind is. i've told myself that you know i need like a multivitamin but then i need like 20 individual vitamins as well right um yeah. there are some specifics go, people can go overboard right like it's oh, for not sure.
2: yeah for sure yeah both in price and uh in you know in what you have and and if you see something or you hear something today and you think oh gosh i've got to go and get I've got to go and get the latest. I've got to have this. Then you add that into the zinc and everything else that you have at home already, not really remembering what was that zinc for in the first place. Yeah. I think it was for this or was it for that? So... Anyway, we'll go okay. we'll go through and do a little bit of myth busting as well and we'll get s- everyone clear.
1: Perfect. So uh, nutritionist Leanne Phillips and Webb is here. She's going to talk about winter health myths, finding out if you really need to be taking that vitamin D. Should you be loading up on vitamin C when you feel sick? Should you be eating a dozen oranges just because it's a little tickle in your throat? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Also, just a reminder that the, I do put the podcast of the show online. So if you want to catch up on uh, previous shows, you can do that on my website. It is paychen.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's very easy, at Pei Chen, that's P-A-Y, and uh, last name is C-H-E-N, I was called a lot of different things this week. <laughs> I got a lot of different names. <laughs> Some, I, was, I was hosting an event at uh, McMaster University, and apparently there's a researcher there, and her name is Faye Peng. And so a man came up to me, and, uh, but I didn't know that he said Faye, and I said, no, Pay. And he goes, Fay. I said, no, Pay with a P. And he said, Peng? I'm like, no, Pay with a P. And he said, oh, I thought maybe you were Faye Peng. I'm like, I'm not, but like, I thought I clearly said, Pay with a P, and then this is what is so crazy. So he said, oh, there's someone who works here named Fei Peng, and I said, oh, well, that's funny. It's very similar. Two days later, I'm not kidding you, do I not get an email from someone who works in the city, yeah. uh, who's a marketing uh, manager for a certain company. And she said, hi, my name is Faye Pang. No and, way. <laughs> and I was wondering if you would like to chat about something I'm working on. And I'm like, that man was psychic. Yeah, it was That's absolutely crazy. crazy. Yeah. So you can call me whatever you want. But if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at pay Chen.
0: Now, back to the Pay Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Oh, sorry, today. <laughs> That's a habit. <laughs> so the show is now Saturdays from 3 to 4 p.m. It used to be Sunday evenings. Thanks for joining me. Uh show is live every Saturday at 3, and you can always text in 71010. And I have registered nutritionist Leanne Phillipson webb here in studio. So if you have a question for her, we're talking about uh, some winter myth uh, yeah, winter myths, basically, we're gonna bust some of those and nutrition myths. So, uh, you can always text in at 71010 if you have something that you want to ask. So, Leah, is there like a particular week or something? Is that why this is happening?
2: Yes. So, the Canadian Health Food Association, I've partnered with them, and a couple of times a year they have Natural Health Product Week. So, really, I'm here just to, you know, I wanna talk about some supplements and all those kind of things, but it's really just to celebrate the fact that we have so many things out there. Visit your local health food store. But really what the Canadian health foods, um, the the CHFA.ca, what they did was they went out and they asked a whole bunch of Canadians from coast to coast, a bunch of questions, Mm -hmm. which we're going to talk a little bit about today, just to kind of find out what do people know or what do they think that they know when it comes to boosting your immune system because it's that time of year. All the questions are on chfa.ca. So if you fancy a little test yourself, you can go and see, do I know about this? Do I not know about this? If you want to test how smart you are. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it's, it's quite interesting because every now and then we do need a little bit of a reality check. We mm-hmm. need to kind of kind of get up with, if you listen every week, there's something new. Well, that's what Every I find a little week. frustrating. And, it, and is, it blows your brains. So this will, what we're going to talk about today, will just okay. get you set straight for the winter. So, so um, what we're doing is you have
1: a, a few common um, myths. That's right. And, yeah. so, that people associate with immunity and, and vitamins that's right. and, and this time of year, yeah. like so cough and cold this was
2: what uh, This was what the Canadi- Canadians were asked. So. Okay. So am I He's, playing along? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'll ask you the questions. Can vitamin C ward off the common cold? Yes. Mm, eh, wrong. Oh. So you and most of the Canadians, uh, 78% of them got it wrong. It's not that it can ward it off. Yeah. And these are studies that show this. And I'm going to kind of go into this a little bit more because vitamin C is huge. I tell all my clients to take vitamin C. I take vitamin C. I give it to my kids. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that it's going to ward it off. Okay. It's more that it can shorten the severity and duration, which oh. is also a really good thing. It's very like it's a, it's a fine line. Right. But But if you think I'm not going to get sick all winter long because I'm taking vitamin C, it just, that may not happen. Some people can say, oh yeah, I get sick all winter. Take your vitamin C and I'm not going to get sick. Not necessarily, but that little tickle, that little thing in the back of the nose. That's when I load
1: up because I don't really drink orange juice. I don't drink, I don't really drink juice. And don't
2: bother because really what's in there is not going to be enough anyway. When you want to take a supplement, it's like a thousand, 2000, 3000 milligrams of vitamin C to really blast and boost your immune system.
1: So I started buying these little vitamin C packets. You can find them at the drugstore as well. Yes, I yeah, have that. I've got some. So too. the second I feel like I'm getting sick, I Perfect. start loading up on that. That's right. But
2: and the virus is already in you. Yeah, so, the virus is so in me. So it's again, think about duration and, and severity. Okay. So even if it comes, you'll feel you know a little coldy, a bit stuffed up for a day or two, as opposed to for a full on week.
1: So uh, there's not much point in eating a bag of oranges until you get a canker sore.
2: No, okay. absolutely none. No, Because when you're and a kiwi, really, you're
1: like, I'm just going to eat all
2: these oranges. I, and really what's in that kiwi is another really good source, probably even better sometimes than oranges. You know, mm-hmm. we, people say, well, I will just eat oranges and and I don't want to have to take a supplement, but we can't always guarantee how much is in an orange or clementine or whatever it is that you're having or even a kiwi right so it's when you dose up Mm -hmm. then you're going to see you know some of some of these health benefits okay and i'm still even though the studies say it's not going to get rid of it i have had people say you know i felt i did much better this winter Mm -hmm. not as many days off of work for me because my kids weren't at home yeah so it still take it but just know that you still might get sick okay don't have that perception all right okay so next are all bacteria bad no. Mm, nice. There's good bacteria. That's right. And that goes right into the next one. Can probiotics help our immune system? Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, I yeah, that. it's true. Yay. Yay. Oh, Thank right. you,
2: Mike. <laughs> Thank you. I love that in the background. Actually, this question, 70% of Canadians got right. And because I the talk, commercials
1: for probiotic I yogurt know. tell me so.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and honestly, oh. years ago, I used to get, I still get called a quack, but years ago when I was recommending probiotics for, for all of my clients and their babies, people would say, my doctor thinks you're insane and you're a <laughs> quack and don't go listen to this woman because she's saying, go take some bacteria, not realizing the benefits. There's so many more studies that show the benefit of taking probiotics because it's a sneaky way to get into the immune system. So okay. you get those good bugs in, into the belly. hmm and then it helps to boost the immune system. Such a simple thing to do. Not the same. You're not going to. Yogurts and, and kefir is good. But as soon as you have the sugar in there, then that negates the benefit. So mm-hmm. taking a probiotic in this case is really good. You can, t- you know, eat kimchi all day long. Mm-hmm. You can have sauerkraut, you know, on all of those fermented foods are really good. It's just when the sugar is added in that it's, you know, that it's I not eat so great. I plain yogurt. Perfect. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting much better. Excellent. I'm going doing
1: really well right now. You,
2: Okay, next. Is vitamin D naturally occurring in many foods? Yes. No. Damn it. Vitamin D is what you get
1: from sunshine,
2: right? Vitamin D is what you get from sunshine. And you can get some vitamin D from foods, but it's the quantity. What foods,
1: though? I don't even know.
2: So eggs, some fish. Um, But when you eat eggs, you need to eat fish. 15 eggs a day? Oh dear. To get the RDA, which is 600 IU's of vitamin D, I tell all my clients I have at least 2000 a day. Yeah. So 15 eggs and that's only to get 600 IU's. It's not going to happen. So in this case, this is when you want to on your shelf mm-hmm. have a vitamin D supplement.
1: Is it especially important in winter because we have
2: less daylight? Absolutely. So in Canada, the longitude and latitude where we are, from October through until May, take your vitamin D. Give okay. it to your kids, give it to your babies, all that kind My of stuff. My family
1: doctor told told me to do that. Yes. Not it's, that it it's actually to...
2: really important. Okay. Okay, so this is a, this is I love this one. Does honey have antibacterial properties? Yes,
1: I know this because I have a hive. <gasps> Really? I, <laughs> I love that when I shock the guests. Yes, I'm part of a uh, like a bee uh, co-op. I love it sounds that. so weird, but yes. I have a hive up at um, the Toronto Zoo. It used to be at Casa Loma. Oh no! And way. I um, love there's that. basically a beekeeper who does all the work. I like sure. We pay. Yeah. And I'm getting my honey delivery this week, I think, for ah. the season. But uh, um, my friend that we went into this uh, deal with is yes. like she's really into bees. Like she took a beekeeping course at the University of Guelph, and oh, I think fabulous. that was sort of like her, kind of her passion in sure. life in some way. So because. Because of that, I started learning a bit more about honey. So, but the thing is, yes. tell me if I'm wrong. Yes, it's not. All honey—it's not necessarily the honey you buy on the shelf. It no. has to be
2: it has to be raw or unpasteurized.
1: Okay, and that is not typically the honey you buy at the grocery store, or you have to no. look for that label. You have
2: to look for the label. You want this to be unpasteurized or raw, and it will say somewhere on there. If you need to go find a health food store, if you're not finding it at, at your um, at your local supermarket, mm-hmm. hop on to chfa.ca. They have this really cool. Find you know find a uh, put in your postcode and you'll find a CHFA retailer and that's where you'll be able to find it if you can't find it at uh, at your local health food store or sorry at your local supermarket. I do it, find
1: that more stores are carrying the variety now so. because people are asking for I think it. So. so the the you know the options yeah, are there.
2: They they really are. Minerals, enzymes, and sugars are amazing in that. And then the last one is: do, Does organic food reduce your exposure to pesticides? Yes. Excellent. And that just makes you more healthy all over. So, okay. see what you can do about that.
1: All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Leanne. My uh, pleasure. Nutritionist Leanne Phillips and Webb. You can find her on sproutright.com as well. Uh, after the break, writer and author Corey Mintz on the surprising things you may not realize about the places you eat. Taking a quick break here on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010.
0: Opinions are celebrated. The Pay Chen Show on News Talk 1010.
1: Thanks for tuning in today. I'm pay Chen, live with you every Saturday from 3 until 4 p.m. PayChen.com is a website. You can find uh, podcasts up there. Also Twitter, Instagram, at Pay Chen. Uh, just over a week ago, a story came out in the Globe and Mail that exposed kind of a nasty side of dining out, one that people in the industry aren't surprised by, but uh, I would imagine that the majority of diners probably wouldn't know some of the the details that came out in the story. So Corey Mintz is a Toronto food writer and author. He has a book called uh, How to Host a Dinner Party. I have this book. He uh, interviewed Great chefs book. and cooks for his story, and uh, what we found out, which wasn't shocking to me, but um, it's disappointing, actually. A lot of the details in in the story were Eye-opening um, that a lot of the cooks and the people who basically make your food in the kitchens of all the restaurants across the city, they work really long days, which I don't think people, a lot of people realize. They might think it's like an eight-hour shift, eight nine hours, <laughs> uh, <you're, laughs> but that's not the reality. Half-day pen. <laughs> hey,
0: sorry, we just met. Is it pay or pen?
1: Do you know how often I get pen?
0: <laughs> Do you feel really? so? I get it. <laughs> Do so people think often. you're
1: Sean Pen? <laughs> no, I get pen from people who know me. Uh, I get Faye from people who don't know me. Um, But so the the reality is how long are the shifts usually?
0: Well, every restaurant is different, but at a nice restaurant, a typical shift is 12 hours. But I've certainly heard 14 hours, 16 hours. Someone told me she works 18 hours in peak season.
1: 18 hours.
0: It's hard to imagine, isn't it?
1: Well, I think also the work people have to understand is um, very physical. You're on your feet, Mm -hmm. you're hustling. So it's maybe different than- Not that I would want to sit at a desk for 18 hours, but it it definitely involves a lot more energy to be in a kitchen uh, for 12 hours, let alone 18 hours. Uh,
0: You know, I think we get into trouble when we try to um, weigh one against the other. Let's agree that we should all be...
1: Not work 18 hours?
0: Yeah, or be appreciated for our our work. And I I also think it's easy to uh, accept things in the abstract. I think most people are, in a general sense, probably aware that cooks... Work long hours for little pay, but that's kind of general, you know. Yeah. Whereas when they find out that they work twelve to sixteen hours a day, and sometimes for less than minimum wage, now you got people's attention. They want to know why.
1: Mm-hmm. But what is the reason why? What were you so when you were writing the story? What were you discovering?
0: Well, in fine dining, we used to call it whatever you want. I like say I like the word fancy restaurant.
1: I like the fancy restaurants too because that to me is like oh we're going to a fancy restaurant it has tablecloths.
0: i just like the word fancy Um, (laughs) my
1: mom likes the word fancy her english her english vocabulary is somewhat limited so anything Mm -hmm. that's kind of nice is fancy
0: (laughs) yeah it it also for me it 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 avoids the argument with readers about what constitutes high end or fine or whatever you just you know what we all know who we're talking about we're talking about fancy restaurants and so I worked for years. I worked for five or six years cooking before I uh, before I started writing. And I had this experience that was also eye-opening for me when I was cooking, which was learning, you know, when I was on that job, this bizarre counterintuitive thing that you make less money in a fancy restaurant than you what? do working in a pub.
1: You know what? That is, when I was reading your story in the Globe, that's what surprised me. Mm-hmm. I did not think that working in a higher-end restaurant, one where you go occasionally, perhaps not maybe every week or every month, um, that the people there were making less. Well, mm-hmm. I just assume that the profits are larger. There's more money, mm-hmm. therefore mm-hmm. more money to be spread out.
0: Well, I've never owned a restaurant, so I can't tell you exactly what the profit margins are, but certainly I hear frequently, you know, things are slim, You're turning out a 5% uh, a profit. and And I can't, I can't speak for all cooks, but I can Mm -hmm. tell you what my experience was. And I can also tell you that every cook in a fancy restaurant I spoke to said the exact same thing, which is that um, you're there, you're cooking in this fancy restaurant. You're you're learning to braise an octopus and to make these, you know, dehydrated beet chips and, Mm -hmm. you know, to have 18 sauces on a plate because you have ambition. You have artistic ambition. you You have, you want to do something creative and you want to work with the best, learn from the best. And your mentality as an artist is exploited in order for you to yes, create things that I I certainly wouldn't argue that food is art, but at the same time, it's also labor. You know, when, when you can spend six hours of of, of a 16 hour day doing the same repetitive task, that's labor. And because cooks are often taught not to think of themselves as laborers, but as artists, it makes them more, easy to take advantage of in well, that sense.
1: What, the line that I I um, found really interesting in your article was that cooks are often worked as if they are laborers, but paid as they, if they are artists. And mm-hmm. is that just, um, do the cooks who were busting their butts for basically like minimum wage or less at these restaurants where they're learning, do, do they actually believe that this is worth it? It's worth me making $10 an hour because I'm learning how to make these sauces. Well, cooks, Uh,
0: cooks, I invite you to uh, call me, email me, tweet me. You can, you know, you can talk me off the record if you want to share your opinion because I don't want to be misrepresenting people, but I have talked to a lot of people, young cooks, who who wanna let me know we wanna be doing
1: this. Yeah. You can you text know, in at 71010. 10 if you uh if you you know what, if you work in the hospitality industry, uh, let me know your experience. You can text in and let us uh let us know what uh <laughs> happens in the restaurant that you work at.
0: But of course, if you if you work in a restaurant, you've you've been at your job already for four hours today, and you're gonna be there probably for another eight, right? Yeah. Um you've been prepping in the kitchen. Yeah, I talked to, you know, I talked to a young Guy the other day, he's 21. He started cooking school at 17. He's working for 130, 140, 150 a day for twelve hour days. And he's like, he's loving it. He well, just I, got a job in New York and he's proud because he he busted his butt. Can yeah. I say butt?
1: Yeah, you can say butt. Just can say butt all you want. On
0: television. But I mean he, <laughs> you know, I you encounter a lot of that attitude. And you know, it's similar in any creative field. People are passionate, they're young, they want to get ahead. But a, another common thing is, you know, the the sense of immortality that young people have. They don't know what it's like for your back to hurt. But after five or 10 years of doing this, they will know that and they'll be broke too.
1: I think uh, another thing that I was a bit surprised at, I guess I thought like, okay, if you're new and you're young, maybe you are making about minimum wage or just above or somewhere around there. But I would think that if you've been a cook for 10 years, you'd be soaring past that. You'd be doubling, you know, but that actually wasn't true based on the people you spoke with.
0: Well, there are lots of people who they do advance and they, I think more frequently they, they transition out of the, the, the stream of fancy restaurant cooking and they find other fields, you know, they work for, for corporations doing, doing restaurant testing. They go work for a big, uh, pub company that owns dozens of places. They can be an executive chef who, yeah, you're overseeing people making uh, fish and chips, but you're making a a real wage. The people who do stick with it, you know, until you become owner, you don't make real money because you get, you get bumped up. You get bumped from hourly to day rates, which are another way to take advantage of, of cooks. You know, because so it's a
1: flat rate, right? Like today, you, you made
0: everything from I've heard from currently like 125 to 165 a day. Okay, but for a long day with no breaks, that can end up working out to less than minimum wage.
1: Oh, I see. But you
0: get up, to, you know, you get promoted to sous chef, to chef de cuisine, and then you're on salary. But now, what you're- what salary?
1: Salary amazing
0: salary, everything. I mean, sorry, I didn't speak to a thousand people, but I heard numbers from 32,000 to 40,000. And the person- In this making, city,
1: that doesn't get you very far. You are you still have to, you know, watch your penny. Well, the nickel. upside,
0: the glass half full to the people I spoke to making 40 grand was that working uh, five or six days a week, 14 to 16 hours a day, they had no time to spend the money that they weren't earning. So oh, wow. certainly they- they could save if they were living in basement apartments.
1: All right. So uh, my guest is Corey Mintz, Toronto food writer and author. We're talking about a story he wrote for The Globe and Mail recently. And the that, sandwich
0: that I brought you. And we we're going to talk that more
1: slide. about the sandwich that he brought me. I love when guests bring mm-hmm. me food, even though I had to shame them on social media for it. We're <laughs> listening to the Pay Chen Show and In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. We're taking a quick break here. Back with more right after this.
0: With Paige on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in. You can text in at 71010. My guest right now is a Toronto food writer and author, Corey Mintz. <laughs> we were talking about a story that you wrote for the Globe and Mail recently that uh, kind of, ex- well, it did expose some of the not-so-nice side about the restaurants, not just in the city and not just one type of restaurant. It's not just the cheap and cheerful. It's across the board, which is that a lot of people, and a lot of people work in the kitchens. You may not realize this because you sit out front where it's nice, but there's a lot of people back there, they're washing dishes, they're um they're mm-hmm. prepping food, they're chopping vegetables, they're, you know, doing the actual cooking of your there eggs. Are a lot of and jobs whatever. other
0: than the one called chef.
1: Yes. And that many of them work these uh long days, which is not so rare, you know, up 12 plus hours, no breaks uh, on their feet and often for less than minimum wage. So we're going to talk a bit more about that, but we should talk about the fact that you brought a gift for me.
0: Oh, please. I don't want to
1: talk about this. I can kind of smell it, which is why I feel like I want to open it up. Um, (laughs) You should open it up. So when I asked Corey if he wanted to come on the show to talk about the story that he wrote, I tweeted and said, um, I I asked if he's going to bring me a sandwich. And you were like, this is ridiculous, I don't want to bring you a this sandwich. This is outrageous,
0: this is blackmail.
1: Did you but, make the sandwich? And I
0: realized, of course, that describing a sandwich makes great radio. <laughs> so, so I, just by coincidence, last night, my former editor, uh, friend, Christine Lurero, invited me to her family's house where they make chorizo <gasps> once oh, a year. Yeah. And she said, just come by, we're making chorizo all day. Uh, I went by, she was not there actually. I went and I spent an hour with a family of complete strangers. She
1: wasn't there, but she did you know that? There. She invited you over? She
0: told me she wasn't gonna be there. She knew I would enjoy it. Okay. And we just, I went by and I spent the, the, the an hour or so. Uh, they they had already done the stuffing and then they were smoking I like 160 chorizo. links. <gasps> and then they make amazing. more mix than they need for the sausages. yeah, So they can then have a lunch of the grilled meats yeah, just slapped on these these Portuguese buns. Is this so? A, that's what you've got there. They they said now it's custom to have seconds, and they were forced me for seconds. I said, "This is, is the chorizo anyway? meat." Yep. So it, it's just it's not chopped fine, so it's basically oh. in strips, right? It's it's pork shoulder. It's wow. pork shoulder marinated in wine and garlic and pimento and. I love the squishy and, bun. In the nice little. At any rate, I very much enjoyed the sandwich, and I certainly not a hero like a lot of people are saying but I decided to pass on my seconds to you Pei Chen.
1: I love Cory Mintz brought me his mm.
0: leftovers what did that nutritionist bring you well <laughs> Bobkiss
1: that's right all mm-hmm. I know is that I'm supposed to take vitamin D from when uh, the nutritionist was here mm-hmm. thank you very much for the sandwich You're I welcome. love that I had pretty much guilt you into it I'm going to eat it later I've basically just eaten a lot of bread and meat today but you don't
0: want to eat it slowly on the air <laughs>
1: Then you know what? Can you talk for the next 10 minutes while I enjoy this leftover sandwich? I could, sandwich? but only if
0: you agree agree to crunch directly into the mic. People are always saying how they want more eating sounds on air.
1: I feel like that is mm-hmm. true. They, I love hearing the sound of people chewing and slurping their water. It's extremely enjoyable. Oh. So let's get back a little bit to the story that we were Please. talking about. Um, you, When I saw it tweeted so many times, it was just all over my Facebook.
0: On Twitter, the microblogging over. site.
1: Twitter, it was everywhere. And uh, it was a lot of people who work in the industry, obviously, who were saying, yes, attention needs to be called to the fact that we work our butts off, we're afraid to speak up, because no one would give you their, no one will let you use their name, Did
0: you see anyone working in the restaurant industry tweeting that story?
1: No, 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 sorry, I meant like um, servers and such, yes. Mm -hmm, sure. Um, People who, people like pastry chefs and that sort of, not restaurant, owners, Mm -hmm. I did not see, Um, but you said that it has had almost a million hits online, is that correct?
0: Yeah, we did a a video for the story and it got on Facebook, it's like 900,000 views. That's great. It's good to know a number of people saw that and at the very least had those numbers thrown in their face.
1: Yeah. Now, people who aren't in the industry, what what were those comments? To you because people who are in the industry weren't shocked by it they're like yeah just that no one talks about the fact that we are Mm -hmm. you know working for less than minimum wage. certainly
0: i heard or bumped into a lot of people who said hey now it's not a secret like this is something we all know yeah but now people outside our field are talking about it and you know when i was doing the reporting some people said to me, hey, you you know, we don't talk about this, right? Like it's like it's just an agreement, like don't talk about your wages because they're terrible. And if people knew they would be they'd be angry at someone. (laughs) I mean, before people being angry or concerned, there's there's the disbelief that I that was the goal of reporting the story, because you've got to not just say, hey, trust me, this is happening. But I went and I talked to a lot of people to confirm it. So, you know, for years, I've been telling people how. Little cooks are paid and there's sort of, the reaction was often sort of like, Corey, I think you're talking about a few bad apples. Right. Those are some outliers. And, you know, having conducted some research, no, that's not the case. So, you know, that first step is people just going, whoa, I didn't get that. But, of course, we all all go, whoa, I didn't get that. And Mm -hmm. we still use our iPhones, you know, even though they're produced by however they're produced by fill in the blank. I don't want to make any allegations (laughs) to Against the good people at not having done that research myself, yeah, you're
1: like not yet. Backtrack a little. But they're bit. produced
0: by slaves, right? Am I? <laughs> in the money. There? Maybe
1: not. Not technically. Do not quote Corey Mintz on that comment.
0: Right, but um, you know, I heard from I did the story about the shrimp a while ago, and about mm. some of the horrible conditions under which that's caught or processed, and you know. Have... So
1: the thing is, as as someone who goes out once in a while because it's a treat and enjoys sure. supporting local restaurants, and
0: and you hit a nail on the head just with the phrasing of this. Because it's a treat. Mm
1: -hmm. It is a treat to go out.
0: I don't think most people see it as a treat. I think most people see it as a right and an expectation of how they're fed.
1: Well, I don't have that kind of money. money. (laughs) So it is a treat. If it was like, an expectation is like, I turn my tap on and there's clean water, Mm -hmm. I expect that. But to go to a restaurant all the time, is not feasible for me, so it's a treat when it's I go out. It's a luxury
0: to have people prepare and serve us food.
1: Exactly, and so and sometimes I will go to a bit of a fancy restaurant because it is a treat, and mm. I'm celebrating a, a, a friend's birthday or something like that. But Knowing that the nice restaurant that I frequent uh, perhaps is taking advantage of the people who are cooking my food, what am I supposed to do? Not mm-hmm. go to that restaurant while the next restaurant <laughs> pretty much does the same thing. Yeah. So that's... as a diner, is there anything we can do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, everyone wants that quick call to action of like, what can I do? Who can I boycott? And on a grand scale, hey, this is happening industry wide. And there's certainly a few restaurants that are making changes or attempts at changes. I, I think even before you get there, you engaging in the conversation makes a difference. You know, Obviously if you come into the restaurant and you, you ask your server what do the cooks make, it's a little rude and yet at the same time, <laughs> if you feel comfortable asking where the shrimp comes from, why not yeah. ask what people are paid? Why not ask how, tips are divided. I have heard from so many people who were shocked to discover that tips aren't divided evenly between front and back and house.
1: You know what? Actually, you raise a really good point. As someone who has worked in restaurants, I know for a fact that the people who work back of the house, meaning the people in the kitchen, mm-hmm. typically do not get a portion of the tips. Uh, mm-hmm. If they do, they get a very small portion of the tips, which is why the, um, the position that You often want when you apply to a restaurant as a university student or someone who's paying off bills out of college is to be a server because Mm -hmm. you can pocket quite a bit of cash if you're pretty good at your job and if if it's a busy restaurant
0: yeah but the people who make work just as much right yep well you can make a good living doing it
1: yes but the but for the most part uh the people in the kitchen who have made the food that Mm -hmm. you enjoy do not benefit from the tip that you leave
0: And they do it some places, and it's usually a small amount. And I've heard from people recently where they're they're seeing more. You know, I talked to someone who was telling me they were paying their cooks 16 to $20 an hour, and they have an ed- even distribution of tips. She also told me, well, my restaurant's not turning a profit. Right. So there's a lesson there. But I think even though it's a bit confrontational, maybe against our nature to engage in these conversations, particularly when we're in a not just a, a service, uh, purchasing goods and services relationship, but also a, a social relationship when we right. go out to dine. But engaging in those conversations means that they're, they're not secretive anymore. Mm-hmm. That, that at the very least servers are going and talking to the manager at the end of that shift. And you know, how did it go for you? What did you make? Did you have any problems? You know, when it comes to like the point where you're, those, those people are saying, a lot of people are asking me about, about this. Right. And if they're asking about it, it's, it's not something we can sort of shoo away anymore.
1: So maybe something you can do is without it being awkward is if you've enjoyed the meal and you're paying your bill and you can say and you're leaving a a nice tip is to ask, you know, will the kitchen staff get some of the tip because mm-hmm. part of the tip perhaps is intended for them Absolutely. because you enjoyed your meal. And I, I don't think that's a confrontational way to do it. Um, we just have a little bit of time left, but I wanted to talk about some of the changes that are happening. You mm-hmm. talked to the chef at uh, Inoteca Social, which is a restaurant on Dundas Street West, mm-hmm. and he's changed things a little bit for us cooks to give them a better quality of life.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, Chris Schlotzauer, and uh, and I believe also in conjunction with his manager, uh, Jurgen, I can't remember his last name, but it was a night, we had a long interview and I didn't quote <laughs> one line from him to throw his name out on the radio. But yeah, they spent some, he said he spent a long time thinking about it and finally came to the conclusion that he should attempt something that's not a new concept, but in restaurants is fairly controversial, is the idea of saying, hey, uh, cooks, you've been working five days a week, 12, 11 hours a day for X amount, I'm gonna pay you the same amount, but only have you work four days a week. Now you're gonna have to hustle a bit harder because you gotta get that work done and I'm not gonna approve overtime hours. But if you can do that, you're gonna have a day free and I want you to go and relax and learn something, spend time with your girlfriends, Mm -hmm. your boyfriends, but don't get another cooking job. Don't go stage in another restaurant, (laughs) spend more time working have an actual better quality of life, so you can absolutely, if you want to go, um, vote with your dollars. Go to Anateca Social and mm-hmm. and talk about it with your server and yeah. find out. You know,
1: so go to a place perhaps which is um, changing things for the better and giving the people that work for them a better quality of life, uh, some more downtime for themselves, and mm-hmm. paying them a little or just bit talk better. Talk about so that,
0: it with your server. Or yeah. if, if you're going, if you the kitchen and you're uh, and you're like, oh, that's awesome because they have an open kitchen. You say, how do you make that? Talk to them about their Wages as uncomfortable and unwaspy as that makes. <laughs> Everyone
1: be. loves to talk about money yeah. and they love to talk about how much money they make, which is. <laughs>
0: oh, hey, pay, how much money do you make?
1: I make $5. Mm, and how much Thank do you, have you in the for bank? the sandwich.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> My guest is Corey Mintz. PayChen.com is a website where you can find mm. the podcast as well. And you can also find Corey's uh, story online if you just Google it on the Globe and Mail site. And you can find his regular column in the Toronto Star, which we did not get to talk about. So you'll come back and talk about the fact Every that
0: week in the Toronto Star and yes. the Star Touch.
1: And the star, oh, the star touch. That will be the next nice. time we
0: talk. We talk All about right. the star touch.
1: Have a great weekend, everyone, and thanks for listening.